You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Good to see all of you here. I'm glad to be here. Wouldn't you rather be in church in that hospital you drove past? <laughs> On that jail you had to drive by to get here? Especially that cemetery you had to drive by to get here. I'd rather be here than any of those places. I'd rather be here than a lot of places. There's something about being in the house of God with God's people in the household of faith that gives you options you didn't have before you came. I like having options. Because when you're sitting under God's opinion, you realize now you have other options. When all you get is your opinion, that's all the options you have. But when you set yourself under God's opinion, you have more than more options than you know what to do with, actually. Today we're going to be talking about justification Pardon me. Get my notes up here. We're going to be talking about I lost my note, sorry. Justification, peace, and grace. Justification, peace, and grace. I want you to say it with me. Justification, Justification, peace, peace, and grace. Father, thank you for this day and the time that you have allotted us here in these few minutes to come. I'm asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to flow here in this place, that you can take your people, your family, your own children here, to greater heights of understanding, greater depths of meaning, and greater joy in knowing you. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation flow. Grant to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. We want to see Jesus more clearly. We want to experience his power and his grace in our lives and understand what it means to be at peace with God. And for these things, we ask you today to make it real For everyone who's wondered what this all means, there are many here, Lord, who've heard it and heard it, who need to hear it deep, who need to hear it in the inner recesses of the heart. Let these seeds, these words, be as seeds falling into good plowed ground. And I believe it will bring forth much fruit. And I ask this in Jesus' matchless name. Amen and amen. Justification, peace, and grace. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. I sent you the email, Izzy. I don't know if you got it. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Either that is the most audacious, arrogant statement that any human being could ever make, or it's the truth. Who do you think you are to declare that we have peace with God by nothing but faith? Let me just say, by nothing, but just believing it. Who do you think you are, Paul, Saul of Tarsus, to dare say that, you being a Jew, with all the the hoops there were for you to jump through, with all the ropes there were for you to climb, with all the rivers there were for you to scale, how, how, how do you now say we have peace with God by faith? It's either the most arrogant thing you could ever think of to say, or it's the truth. 
I'm here to tell you today it's the truth. You have peace with God by faith. By faith you entered into a contract that had peace written all over it. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, oh, that, that, that's not because you did well. It's not because you acted like you were supposed to. Most of us acted like bums. Yeah. At best, we acted like bums. We really acted like dogs, but bums is not so bad. Yeah, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what that means is that through what He did, through what He did and what He's currently doing, through the person and work of Jesus Christ in the earth and in heaven today, you have peace with God. You don't have peace with God because you performed well. Listen, I've known lots of Christians and I've known lots of Mormons, and Mormons outperform Christians, if you ask me. I mean, that's just my estimation. They actually, they actually outperform us. If we're just talking about performance, you put all, all, all of it on one side of the scale and all of it on another side of the scale. Christians should perform better, but they know one thing, that their performance does not get them into heaven. If your performance gets you to heaven, if you think how, how, how good you act is what's going to get you into heaven, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not saved. You can't possibly be saved by how you perform. Your only, perform, your only performance is to believe what Jesus did. Jesus died for our sins. This is the gospel. Christ died for our sins. Everybody in this church who's been here any, any length of time ought to be able to say it with me. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. If I haven't taught you that, I haven't done my job. My job is to teach and preach the gospel. And the essence of the gospel is that short little statement of truth. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day. We're, in the church, we're busy wagging the dog all the time without letting the dog wag its own tail. We get him all turned around backwards, you know, and wag the dog. Making it all about how we perform. Listen, your performance is supposed to be sterling. It's supposed to be holy. You are, you are equipped to live the rest. I'm going to say it. You are equipped to live the rest of your life without error and without sin. You are equipped to live the rest of your life without walking in the flesh. I got a couple of people excited about that. I thought you ought to get up and walk out or something. I, I didn't know. You, you are equipped to live holy. You're equipped to live the way you were born. Babies, babies are, are, are equipped to live in the world that they're born in, except for disease and things like that and, 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 and uh, birth defects and what have you. But on, on the whole, babies that are born in this world are born to live in this world. And you're born into something. You're born with the capability of living in that something. Everybody understand what we're saying here? God didn't birth you into his kingdom and then make it impossible for you to live it. How cruel would that be? You've heard it said, well, everybody sins. You can't go a day without sinning. Well, I can. I do it all the time. <laughs> if, I, if old holler can from Love County, I'm telling you, in Love County, in Love County, if you... If you don't go into the ministry, you're going to the penitentiary. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it was. I'm driving down the road one day with a friend of mine. A friend of mine, a car came over the hill and had on new license plates. My friend said, hey, I bet old Donnie got to make, help make those. <laughs> like he really arrived, he made the license plates. <laughs> 
kind of sad, but true. It works, though. This way of God moving and living in our lives works to make you holy without you working to be holy. Can I say it better than that? It works to make you holy without you working to be holy. You don't need to work to be holy. If you have to work at it, you need to get saved first. You're wagging the dog again. <laughs> I don't have to work at it. It just kind of comes natural. It's supposed to come natural for you to eschew evil. It's supposed to come natural. I'm not saying that you don't need to grow. Babies born into this world need to grow. I mean, they're born completely stark, raving naked, every last one of them. They have to learn to wear shoes. have to learn not to poop their pants. They have to learn all this stuff. They have to learn all this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? We... But, but, you're, but the baby is equipped to learn how to live in this world. That's why you keep coming to church, because some of you, you know, still need your diaper change now and then. <laughs> Who doesn't? Verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So there are three powerful truths that he talks about here. Justification, peace, and grace. Justification, peace, and grace. I'm going to be talking along these themes for the next several weeks. <coughs> some of it you've heard, and some of, some of you, because we have new people all the time in the church, it's important for me to keep going over some of the foundational things. You understand that? So if you've heard these things, just act like you haven't, okay? Because we have to hear it over and over. I, I, I keep reading the same passages of Scripture in the Bible, and I get new things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. I just refuse to move off the things that are the most, the, the most important in the Scriptures. These are the big issues of the New Covenant. This word justification, it's a judicial term, meaning a sentence has been passed, and the accused has been found justified in his actions. It's an interesting word that, that Paul uses here. Judicial term meaning a sentence has been passed and the accused has been found justified in his actions, which means it's a little bit different from, from the expression for us. God does not say that what you did as a sinner was right. He just acts like you never did it. I don't know if that's not good news for you. I would, that's really good news to me. Now, in, in, in the world, if a man's justified, they call it justifiable homicide. We've got a couple of police officers in our church here. Justifiable homicide means he kind of did it in self-defense or there was some reason that it was okay for him to commit this, commit this crime because he's justified in doing it. He stepped over the line, yeah, he broke the law, but there was a justifiable reason for it, so he can't really be hold, held accountable with any kind of punishment. Everybody understand what we're saying? Well, that's not exactly what justified means in our world. Because God would never say that the way you were living your life before you got saved was okay. That you had a right to do it. You understand that? What he says instead, he doesn't make the change. He doesn't make a change about what's right and wrong. Because men's laws are pliable. God's law is not pliable. What he did was just change you. 
Anybody in the house ever sold any bad seeds? Huh? You're sowing something now if you're going to lie to me. You sowed some bad seeds, didn't you? My mother used to say, she'd read the Bible all the time. I'd do something stupid, do something sinful. She'd say, you don't want to reap that harvest, boy. See, she talked farm terms with me because I was a farm boy, and I knew what, what one seed turned into, a whole bunch of seeds. You don't want to reap that harvest. Sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. So bad seeds. Well, how do you get away from that? They said that law is unchangeable. You can't change it. can't stop it. As long as the earth remains, there shall not cease to be seed time and harvest. It's going to happen. Whatever seed you sow, God will not be mocked. Whatever seed you sow, that's the harvest you're going to reap. Oh, I sowed some bad seed. How do I get away from this? You can't. You're stuck. You have to reap that harvest. Oh, there's good news. God would not change that law. That harvest is out there. Bad harvest. Bad, bad harvest. Well, I mean, some of us got bad harvest. Casey, I didn't mean to look right at you when I said that, but some of us got some <laughs> bad harvest to have to. <laughs> Orange bow tie. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> we wear red up here in this country, brother. <laughs> No orange. <laughs> How are you going to escape it? You can't. So God created, came up with this wonderful idea. They can't escape their harvest because I won't change the harvest. I won't change the laws of seed time and harvest. So I'll just change them. I'll just make you a new creature. And since you're a brand new creature now, born all over again, that's no longer your harvest. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on, somebody ought to say thank you, Jesus, for that great news. I became a new creature. I'm not responsible for anything that ever happened. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Couldn't change the law, so it just changed me. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. This will fix what's wrong with you right here today. Justification, that's what it means in the New Covenant when it talks about justification. Men's laws are pliable. They, they, they move around. God's law wouldn't move, so he just moved us. It wouldn't change, so he just changed us. He couldn't fix that, so he just fixed us. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Just like he never did anything wrong. Romans 4 says it like this. I'll, I'll just read this to you. Verse 6 says, Even as David also describes the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Look at verse 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. didn't say blessed is the man who's never committed sin. It says blessed is the man who won't act, who, uh, with whom God won't act like he's ever committed sin. Just, it has no record of it. How does he do that? How does he do that? It's hard for men to believe that God can do that. Here's how he does it. He's God. How many of you have some things you wish you could forget? I got two or three. Some of them have to do with my mama. But I'm telling you, she, she looks like a sweet little woman, but that woman liked to beat me to death when I was a kid. It did work. It did work. 
She, she knew how to raise boys. Man, she could, whew. She could wield that, that, that stick, I'm telling you. I have memories that I'd like to forget. Things I've done. Things I've said. Things people have said to me. Hurtful things. Come on, am I, am I, am I in the right house? Things that went on that went wrong. You wish you could just forget them. And most of us, many people suffer from the things that have gone on in their lives that just can't get over. Right. One of the most beloved comedians and actors in, that, in the whole wide world, everybody loved Robin Williams. Yeah. He just couldn't get over it. It so defiled his soul, he just couldn't get over it. Bless his heart. Yeah. I just hate that. I just hate that, that, that the world lost such a, such a, a great talent. Because he couldn't forget. And those things were imprinted on his soul, so that it began to push his soul down into depression. Something he dealt with all the time. He didn't know how to deal with it, just dealt with it with medication and alcohol. My heart goes out to people like that. I've studied alcoholism in, in college and, and drug addiction. It's just a pitiful, sad thing. Most people get there because they've been hurt somehow. Been hurt. And, uh, you know, and usually forgiveness would have fixed it. You can get to them early. Yeah. By the way, if you've got some issues, you might just try forgiving those people that hurt you. Yeah. 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 If you'll just forgive them, it's amazing how, how he healing will just flow to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't be so enthusiastic about it. I mean, it's <laughs> if you'll just forgive, healing will just flow to you. It's amazing how it works. It's a powerful, powerful tool of the Spirit yeah. just to forgive. But the, the, we, we, it's hard for us to forget. Yeah. You know, I, I can say, I, I forgive you, brother. I forgive you. It's going to take me a little while to forget it. You know how to forget it? The best, the best you can do in forgetting it is never talk about it again. If you'll just stop talking about it, you'll, it'll, it'll fade on you. And if, even if you never do completely forget it, you'll, you'll mostly forget it. But the more you talk about it, the worse it gets. It just gets imprinted. People ask me, how do you remember all those jokes you tell? Because I tell them. I hear, the first thing I do when I hear one I want to remember, I go tell somebody, and I tell somebody else, and I tell it three or four times in a week, just so I can hang on to it, because I like them. Yeah. <laughs> they make a great point. You, you have life's, life studies, life stories are in there, truths, and, 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 and I like to remember, and all kinds of stories I, I tell. I, I remember them because I, I tell them over and over. You want to remember something, you tell it over and over. You want to remember a hurt, you just keep talking about it all the time. But if you'd like to get over it and like to forget it, stop talking about it. Come on, high five somebody. Say, that was worth coming to church for all by itself right there. Praise God. That was worth coming to church for all by itself. Amen. Bragging on my own preaching today. But God has that ability. Do you know why it's so hard for us to forget? Because we're not really equipped with a, forgetting, uh, a forgetter switch. <laughs> we don't have that switch. We, we don't have it. We're, we're, we're equipped with memory. Memory. And the only way to get rid of your memory is get, have your brain damaged some way. We remember. We remember. We remember, 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 remember. Especially hurtful things, traumatic things. Yeah, 
But God can just forget it. I wish I had control of my brain like that. I'd say, all right, I'm going li- to list out all these things. And that I'll never remember again. That and that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. I'll never remember them again. I just swipe my hand and they're gone. Whew, boy, I'd go right home right now, close the church service, go straight home, and make that list. How, how many of you would? I mean, I'd make that list right now. You're a God that you worship. And the reason, one of the reasons why we worship him is because he's like this. He has complete and utter control of his faculties. He can think about and remember exactly what he wants to remember and forget exactly what he wants to forget. Think about a God like that. He has chose to put your past on his forget list. He promised he would never remember it again. That's why he acts like you've never sinned, because as far as he's concerned, you never did. I'm not making this up. I'm telling you what justification means. He either had to change the law or he had to change us. So he does not see what you did in your flesh as being you. He knows no man after the flesh. He knows you after the spirit. Amen. You got born again. He knows you on the inside. I may not be talking to everybody in the room. I may be talking to people a little bit over your head if you've not come to Christ in saving, in saving faith. If you've never believed on the Lord Jesus, made him savior of your life, this may sound foreign to you. But the good news is this day doesn't have to end without you coming into this family. Amen. 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 Just because you attend church here today doesn't make you part of God's family. You understand that? No, 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 no. We're just a door for you to get there. Amen. Praise God. But God wants you in his family. He loves you. He'll take you just like you are. No matter how hairy you are or how bald you are or how pretty you are or how ugly you are or how Texan you are. He loves you anyway. Praise God. Verse 7 saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's in Romans chapter 4. Now back to our original text. We have access into this grace wherein we stand through faith. What does it say there? We have peace with God. Peace. I love this. I love this word, peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Men don't know how to make peace. Peace is the last thing on mankind's ideas. I mean, World War I started, broke out in 18, uh, 1914. I wasn't here. Mom, you weren't here, were you? No, I don't think so. Not 1914. You. She, she was born in 1930. 1914, World War I broke out and lasted for four years, a little over four years. They closed it down about 1918. You know what they call that war? They call it several things, World War I. They, also, they didn't call it World War I until World War II started. Then they call that one World War I. They always just call it the Great War. And, it, and, it's, and its moniker really was the war to end all wars. Yeah. Really? 20 years later, they had one three times that big. Four times that big. World War II was much more intense, much grander, many more nations involved. 
much worse. Many more people died. I mean, it was just ridiculous. The war to end all wars. Yeah, well, we didn't mean forever. <laughs> we meant for the next couple of decades, I guess. I don't know what they meant. They thought if you have a world war, it has to finish all wars, it has to end all settlement. But it doesn't, because the wars that are in this world are not about borders, are not about governments, are not about land. The wars that go on in humankind's history have always been about the heart of man. And they always will be about the heart of man. They always have at their basis a spiritual void. The reason why we have wars, the reason why there's killing, the reason why there's violence, the reason why all that goes on in the world is because men don't know how to live at peace. There is no peace between men until there is peace with God. When men are not at peace with God, they're tormented. They think, I've just got to have that guy's stuff. If I can just get that guy's stuff, I'll be happy. And from that guy's place, they see that other guy over there. Oh, no, I've got to have his place. You get me? His and his and his. And they think there's no end. There's just no end. Because there's this void, it's a vacuum inside men that just keeps sucking in everything they can get and it never satisfies anything. Listen, without peace with God, you have nothing. You have nothing but a horrible life ahead of you. But when the peace of God is part of your life, when you have made peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you have access to anything you need and everything you want. Anything you need and everything you want. God is a good God. He loves you better than you can ever imagine, More than, better than your mama loves you. And I got a mama that loves me. She literally loved me to death when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I had the most nurturing, kind, dear mother ever. If I was ever sick, ever feverish, ever anything like that, I don't know who would want a better mama than I had. Sit by my bed for hours. Nurtured me. I, I can't even explain because I was sick a lot when I was a little kid. And my mama was my nurse. She coddled me, cared for me, took care of me. We were very, very close. But when I wasn't sick, <laughs> you get your caboose out there and feed those cows and you get it out there right now. I mean, it was work, you know. Started working when I was about eight or nine years old. And had to work hard. Work hard my whole life. That's what I did. But you do own an Oklahoma farm, right? I believe all Oklahoma farmers ought to go to heaven. Be ashamed, be ashamed to do that all your life and go to hell too, if you know what I mean. <laughs> almost unbearable. Be a cosmic injustice is what that would be. Peace. The Greek word for it is irene, a state of national tranquility, an end to the rage and havoc of war. The Society of International Law in London states that during the last 4,000 years there have been only 200, out of, listen to this, out of the last 4,000 years worldwide, there have only been 268 years of peace in spite of good peace treaties. In the last 300 years alone, there have been 286 wars on the continent of, of Europe. In the last 300 years, 
On the continent of Europe, there have been 286 wars. See, really, the truth is, the peace is not the absence of conflict. The peace is the absence of inner conflict. If you're hoping there will come an end to the war on terror, you need to buckle your seatbelt. That's, ne that's never going to happen. There will always be crazy people. If we destroyed Islam completely off the face of the earth, there'd be some other weirdo rise up. Maybe worse than all of them. Because people are weird. Without peace with God, they're going to find some, some way to scratch that itch. They have to. Can't help it. I, I wondered why, I was praying about it one time, why is our land so filled with violence? And the Lord said to me, two or three things I, I began to hear him talk to me about. One is the land isn't filled with violence. Men's hearts are full of violence. Violence has nothing to do with the land. It's the hearts of men. Guns don't kill anybody. I don't care what you think. You're wrong if you disagree with me on this. Guns don't kill people. Guns don't kill people. Just like poison doesn't kill people. People kill each other with poison. People kill each other with guns. We have to start holding people responsible for the violence that's in the earth. The violence that's in their hearts. Something like 80 million gun owners in the United States. 80, 85 million gun owners. 80 million gun owners. And every gun owner I know has multiple guns. I'm one of them. Amen. I might have one on me right now, so don't try anything. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> I can't believe you preach. I'm sorry. I'm not going to make an excuse for it. I'm an American, too. <laughs> I have a right to carry a gun. 80 million gun owners in the United States. And every year, there's about 1,500 accidental deaths. Accidental deaths, 1,500 out of 80 million. Those are the statistics I had. They're a few years old. There are 700,000 doctors in America. 700,000 doctors in America. And every year they kill 120,000 people accidentally. That's a far greater percentage than the gun owners. They accidentally kill 120,000 people out of 700,000. That means one out of six of your favorite doctors. One out of six. These, these are stats published by, by a hardbound study by Columbia. <laughs> One out of six of your favorite doctors is going to kill somebody accidentally between now and this time next year. Trying to save them, of course, but it's an accident. One out of six. That Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is full of doctors. There's probably 100,000 doctors there all by themselves, and there's 700,000 in the whole country. I don't know how many there are. There's a bunch of them. Think how many people they're going to kill. I have an aunt, my Aunt Mildred, who... Went to glory early because they, they gave her the wrong medicine, killed her. Wow. Yep. Right over there in Love County, Oklahoma. It's sad. It happens. What that means is, though, 120 out of 700,000, 1,500 out of 80 million, 
That means your local doctor is 9,000 times more likely to kill you than your neighbor who owns a gun. But if your neighbor, if your neighbor shoots you, they're going to load you up and take you straight to that doctor. <laughs> True. I've wondered about it through the years. What, what, what's, what's missing? It's just this simple peace with God. I can listen to people pray and tell whether they have peace with God or not. Oh, God. Oh, God. I raise it. I mean, I'm not talking about tears. I'm just talking about this begging, whimpering, hoping he doesn't kill them for approaching him kind of prayer. That's not peace with God. That's not righteousness talking. I was out with Miss Ann one time. I got, I got to tell you the story. I, I told you all this story two or three years ago, but she and I were out on the highway one time with a friend of ours who was a paramedic, and, and uh, we were on our way around on the south side of Dallas on Interstate 20, and uh, this guy had some business, and, and we saw a car jacked up. Y'all remember bumper jacks? Who ever invented bumper jacks? Must have been a guy wearing orange or something. But anyway, he, <laughs> he, 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 he had, had his giant-sized car up on that spindling little leg of that bumper jack. Car jacked up way up high in the front. You can see the hood over the top of the car. It's jacked up so high. And we got up beside it, and there's a man laying with his feet toward that car, and his head away from the car like he had been using that jack and just fell back dead on his back, sprawled out there with a couple of women standing there beside him going, ah! They didn't know what to do. This guy lying there dying, obviously overheated, obviously a, either a stroke or a heart attack, probably a heart attack, what we thought. The paramedic said, looks like a heart attack. He jumps over, he pulls over, and we jump out and run back there, and he goes to working on him, you know. He's pumping that chest and breathing. And I've never seen two men in, engaged like this. <laughs> I mean, it was mouth to mouth. He didn't have his little pump bag, you know. It was mouth to mouth. Woo, that's a little <laughs> freaky to me. I'd never seen that before. But he's trying to save the guy's life. <laughs> Blowing in his, in his pump, and he'd say, <laughs> he's working real hard, working real hard. He's doing the, doing the work. And, 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 and he whispered, I'm losing him. Of course, the women over there heard it. Ah, he's losing him. Infibrillation, you know. Miss Ann heard him say it. She sat on the other side. She heard him say it. She had just been reading about Smith Wigglesworth. Y'all yeah. know who Smith Wigglesworth was? That miracle guy? Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. I mean, by this time, a whole crowd has stopped. There's cars stopped all around. There's, there's a little half-moon circle of people standing around. <laughs> I knelt down there, got the guy by the hand, praying a nice little... Presbyterian kind of prayer, and <laughs> uh, well, we love the Presbyterians, I'm just praying, praying. but it was quiet, you know, I'm just, Lord, help, help this guy, you know, please don't let him die, I've never touched a dead guy before, and <laughs> I, 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 I was praying for the Lord to, to help him and not let him die, you know, God, help him, help him, help him, in Jesus' name, I pray, you know, I was begging the Lord to do something, and Miss Ann heard, heard Jim say, uh, I'm losing him. A 
she just dropped down on both knees and slammed her hands right on the guy's chest, almost knocked Jim clean out of the way. He slammed her hands right on the guy's chest and said, No, you're not going to die. I command you to live in Jesus' name. Live, live. I command you to live. You'll not die, but live in Jesus' name. I looked up thinking, who, you know, you know people are looking at my weird little wife. <laughs> I'm telling you, the whole circle went just like this. <laughs> and when she was done, that guy was turning all kinds of weird colors because yeah. he wasn't, didn't have oxygen in him. And he took a breath. Amen. It's clear we all. <laughs> Jim got his ear down there. He said, I think he's going to make it. And I'm still got, got a hold of his hand. I said, I don't think he's got a choice. <laughs> About that time, an ambulance showed up, and they wheeled him away. We never did know what happened. All I know is that all I know is if I ever have one of those heart attacks like that, I want her on the scene, praise God. Amen. Amen. Somebody, somebody that's got peace with God knows how to talk for God. Rather than beg God, yeah. you talk like God. Right. Amen. Amen. How do you think Jesus would have handled that? Mm. Oh, Father, please, please do something, Lord. <laughs> oh, is this how Jesus is going to handle it? No, he's going to walk up there and tell death to get his hands off the man in Jesus' name. Right. Well, he's not going to use Jesus' name. He is Jesus. But <laughs> in, in the name of me. <laughs> Now, the third thing is the word grace. I love this, this passage of Scripture. It's a simple little passage of Scripture, and it opens us up to a lot that we're going to be talking about, as I said, in a few weeks to come, or in the weeks to come. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand. Grace, wherein we stand. I think the reason there's so much violence in the land is they don't know this. They don't know the truth of justification, peace with God, and, sancti- and, uh, and grace. Because men instinctively know that somebody has to die for their pain. And as long as they have this pain, people are going to die. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Ferguson, Missouri, right now, there's chaos up there. Somebody was killed. Whether it was justly or unjustly, I'm not going to weigh in, but, uh, but somebody was killed. It seems that, the, that one part of the community feels like it was racially motivated. May have been, may not have been. If you have an opinion, I'll let, your, I'll let your opinion be yours. But the point is, these people lost their minds over it. Why? 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 Because they're hurt, they're angry. I know there's a crim- criminal element involved in all that, but the point is that men go violent when they feel like somebody is supposed to die, and they know that this death will help them feel okay about it. But the problem is they're killing sinful people. They're killing people who have sins of their own to pay for, so it never does work to pay for their, their wrongs. It never does make them feel better. They kill somebody thinking that's going to make them feel better, Serial killers become serial killers because it makes them feel good for a moment to kill someone. But then after a while, they, 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 they lose their peace. So somebody else has to die. And it works for a little while. Then they lose their peace again, and somebody else has to die. 
That's how they call them, why they call them serial killers. It's, it's just this driven thing that's trying to fill a void inside. And serial killers are not born monsters. They're born just like you are. They just found this perverted, crazy way of dealing with what goes on inside them. Are you listening to me? We have to be honest about this, about what humanity is capable of. Capable of the most horrific things without peace with God. Without the grace of God alive on the inside of them. And the more we say don't do it, the worse they get. The more we point our fingers at them and threaten them and pass laws, it just gets worse. The answer to America's problems is not more laws. The answer to America's problems is why the violent continue to be so violent is because they, they're, they're convinced someone needs to die for the way they feel. Someone needs to die for their pain. Someone needs to die for their wrongs. What they've not heard is that someone has died. Someone did die for your sins. Someone did die for what's going wrong with you. Someone did die for how you feel. Christ died for you. That's what the gospel means. He's dying to take all that away from you because he knew you couldn't deal with it. He knew it would have ugly manifestations in your life if you didn't come to serious faith in him. So he died for you. Christ died for our sins. Well, why? Grace. That you could participate in this beautiful thing called grace and have God show his favor to you with every breath of your life. Has anybody heard good news today? You've heard good news today. I was preaching in a place called Kerrville, Texas. I really do love Texas in spite of how I've blasted them today. I really do love Texas. Texas has been good to me. Come up here, sweetheart. I have the grace of God on my life. Look here. Look what a good-looking woman I'm married to, for one thing. I mean, <laughs> but, but, but look here, look here, look here. You know, Joyce Meyer is a preacher, but she don't look like this. <laughs> she just don't look like this. Anyway. Uh, you see these boots she's got on? Yeah. I took her up to the pink pistol in Tishomingo, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I saw these boots. I said, baby, you got to try those boots on. She said, they're really pretty, but they want $180 for them. I said, that's half price. They're, 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 on, they're on clearance. They're still $180? I said, yeah, that's all right. Let's get them. She said, oh, I don't know. Let me try them on. She tried them on. The left one was real tight. We didn't think anything about it. She, she said, I can wear it. I, I said, well, I can get, take them and get them stretched for you. Get that left one stretched a little bit. <laughs> so we get up there. She agrees to let me buy them for her birthday, which was July the 14th. I walk up there. I walk up there to the counter, and I set them up there. And when I set those boots up there, I look inside the top of it, and one of the left one is a six and a half, and the right one is a seven. Well, no wonder it's tight. And I told the girl behind the counter, I said, I want the other pair that looks like this on the other, the other way, you know. She said, I'll go check, but I, I think those are the last pair. I said, that's not a pair of boots. That's two half pairs of boots. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'll go check. She comes back. She said, I'm sorry. That's all we got. I said, you expect me to pay $180 for two half pairs of boots? <laughs> she said, just a minute. Gets on her computer. She said, I'll give it to you for half of that. <laughs> I got these boots for 25% <laughs> of the original price. <laughs> I didn't have to fuss with them, did I? 
I just, I just said that, just, just like I told you. And, uh, you. and I got these boots, took them down, got them stretched. I think it cost her $10 or something to get them stretched. And now she's got two boots that are a pair, amen, <laughs> a full pair. We got them for 25% of what they would have cost originally. I like it. I believe that's the grace of God on my life. I walked into, I walked into a, a junk store in Sulphur Springs, Texas while I was on vacation. The guy had two junky instruments. I looked at both of them and uh, junky. I wouldn't give anything for them. I wouldn't have taken them if he was giving them away. He said, 